Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nolin. Eric, uh, this is the state of the program, sponsored by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, Eric, each and every week, we try to look at the big picture here, and we're in the midst of a football season where the Longhorns are 6-1, and one, uh, ranked in the top 10, but enduring a bunch of injuries and unknowns uh, in the middle of a season. It's not exactly where a lot of Texas fans had hoped Texas would be. 6-1 and one sounds okay. But all the uncertainty kind of is a, a question mark, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, lack of style points on Saturday, I think, has everybody concerned. Uh, but the good thing is I don't think there's a ton to extrapolate from that game, especially going into the next one. Uh, I think there are some one-off issues that they'll uh, clean up this week. Uh, but the injuries are something that, are, that isn't going to get cleaned up in a week. You know, so uh, kind of at the tender mercies of the uh, football gods on that one. Uh, adversity is struck. Let's see how they respond. You, you know, you don't really know how good your culture is or how strong your culture is until you have to go through these problems. So we're going to find out a lot about Texas in the coming weeks. Uh, you mentioned that. I mean, one of the things that's been key, and I think uh, that that game against Houston, as we look back on it, it wasn't just Texas that struggled post OU. OU struggled post OU, right. right? Against Central Florida. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't know that Texas or OU again, would want a week off after that game in retrospect, right? Because I think it's such a big game. It's such a high that you need to get back and going the very next week. I, I would I would tell I would tell uh, Chris Del Conte, the athletic director at Texas, to maybe not look to uh, not schedule a game the next week. I, I don't know how that works. You know, it's, it's kind of like baseball. When you get the first week by, do you want that bye week to, uh, to stay, uh, to get fresh and, you know, rest your pitchers? Or do you want to stay, you know, in the groove of things? You know, I, I don't know exactly. Texas had some injuries coming out of, out of that game. But I don't know that they had an emotional letdown because they came out so hot. I think I, I attribute it mostly to uh, just bad game plan and uh, inconsistency on offense. And, and you know, luckily – I don't think uh, BYU is going to play Texas as similar as, as U of H, and, and certainly their offense is a little more straightforward than Houston. So we'll see. But, yeah, it was a dis disappointing performance after a strong first quarter. Uh, luckily, again, I don't think there's a lot to extrapolate going into this week. Uh, the, the question I would say is, are we going to see more three high safety looks from every team going forward? Uh, because they're not – apparently teams aren't doing much until they play Texas, according to Sark. Well, I mean, yeah, you can see that U of H is, uh, you know, running four down uh, pretty much forever, uh, going back to, you know, Art Bryles. I mean, it's been four down the whole time, it seems. Uh, three down linemen are not the easiest uh, guys to find at a school like U of H or the lesser classification, so you don't see that unless they have to, unless they get a, a ton of DBs that they can flood the field with, and it's not like they're exactly strong at DBs. So they were just trying to throw a throw a, throw a stick in the, in the spokes for Sark. Um, but I think Sark has a lot more answers for that defense than he had certainly the first year. I think we saw signs of it last year. You, knew, you, you know, you can run him out of that defense. I think the running attack is, is going to be very big this week. Surely Kalani Sataki knows his buddy uh, extremely well, uh, and he's going to throw that, that look. I'd, I'd imagine he's got an experience in older defense. They're, they're going to be able to pick that up a little bit quicker. Uh, probably play it with better efficiency than other teams uh, on short notice. But I think Texas is going to be able to run the ball pretty well. Uh, and I don't think BYU is going to score the ball a whole lot. So Texas can win a fairly low-scoring game. Eric, I want to talk about Malik and Arch next, as well as some of the injuries and, and really a path to victory for Texas before we get going further into the state of the program. But first, I want to say thank you to Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, Adam and his group have been helping injured Texans for nearly two decades. Uh, give them a call at 512-280-0800 or visit thelowylawfirm.com for a free consultation if you've been injured in a car wreck 
or on the job. That's right, a free consultation. That's what I like about Adam. 512-280-0800. Uh, Eric, I, we, we talk about this, and I think the, the talk of college football in some respects, I mean, I was watching a Sunday afternoon show, um, and they're talking about, okay, Malik versus Arch, because Arch is such a big name nationally, right? The, mm-hmm. the scion of the uh, uh, Manning family coming to, to fruition here at Texas. But Malik uh, Murphy is the heir apparent right now, according to Sark on Monday, saying that Malik is the starter. Um, your, your thoughts on this situation and what it all means for Texas? Well, Malik has the advantage of, of time in the program. Uh, I'm not sure that that uh, necessarily equates uh, like it normally does just because Arch is, you know, kind of arrives more advanced. You know, it's like saying, you know, Derek Williams is behind, uh, you know, Jaron Thompson, but is he really behind Jaron Thompson? Um, so not necessarily – it doesn't necessarily work out like that. But Malik has earned the right to start. I think he's always done everything right at Texas. He definitely has tools to work around. Um, he's a big guy in the pocket. He can stand tall in the pocket. Maybe needs to, to worry about, you know, navigating it a little bit better under duress. But, you know, we're going to see. You know, there's going to be – there's a learning curve for – no matter who starts on Saturday, there's a learning curve for him. Even if even if it was Arch, it's not going to be. But even if it was, uh, there's going to be some growing pains for him as well. Uh, but I think, uh, I think Sark's making the right decision. Uh, you know, Malik is, uh, there's plenty of tools for Malik to work with. And if, if you just hit a couple deep balls on Saturday, this game is entirely different. And I think Malik's demonstrated certainly the, uh, the ability to hit in practice. We saw it in the spring game. Uh, he did it last year on scout team against the first team defense. Uh, so that, you know, if he hits, hits that deep ball, uh, automatically the rest of the game gets a lot easier. So we'll see. Yeah. Question for you. A couple things. Listening to the guys, uh, start saying stuff about players is one thing. Right. I mean, he's generally positive about everybody in the program. Uh, but Tuesday afternoon, the uh, some players, Xavier Worthy, Jade Barron, Michael Taff, all went before the media. And, and all of them were asked uh, about Malik. Mm-hmm. It, and, and give me your take on that, because I felt I felt like there was some some true confidence. I don't want to say it was overstated. And I mentioned this uh, in, in one of the coffee and footballs. I didn't feel like it was overstated confidence on him mm-hmm. i thought it was some genuine mild confidence and uh, affection almost for malik murphy within the locker room you agree with that yeah th- this goes back to uh, you know later in the year last year when he started uh, making a lot of plays in practice like i said on scout team he uh, he really started to win people over and turn some heads i had some people telling me you know he throws a better deep ball than quinn uh, you know he's a, he's been tough in the pocket he does everything the right way. He's, he's earned their teammates' respect by the way he works. Uh, and then he's got a really great personality. People do like being around him. Uh, people try, the bigger you are, people t- seem to gravitate to you for, for some reason. Like there's a gravitational pull. Uh, he does have, seem to have that uh, in, in the locker room. Um, so, I, you know, I, there's a lot of confidence in him for sure. But, you know, I think it's really going to boil down to, you know, can start giving him an executable game plan, put him, make him comfort, comfortable early on. Uh, get them into a good rhythm, and if they can get that run game going, despite BYU knowing uh, that the run game is, is going to be, they're going to lean on the run game quite a bit. So Sark's going to have to play some cat and mouse here with his with his buddy Kalani Satake and really get uh, get Malik into a good gr- groove. I think that's what it's going to boil down to. But enter, entering into the game, there's a lot of confidence that if Sark puts him in the right position, he's going to execute. I, I I laugh about it and uh, I chuckle to myself there. Um, it, people have not seen. Malik Murphy and haven't been to a game, right? And didn't go yeah. to the spring practice in person. Uh, Paul Wadlington and I talked about this. People don't realize just how big Malik Murphy is. I mean, he's yeah. the same size type of size. He's he's thicker than Vince Young, but just as tall. 
He's Tyrone Swoops, that kind yeah. of big body yeah. presence. Yeah, they'll um, see it this week where they'll see it this week where he's surrounded by you know Jake Majors is in front of him. He's you know towers over Jake Majors. It's uh you know he's a, he's just a very big guy. He's going to be sturdy in the pocket. Uh, he should be durable. He should be able to, to shirk off some uh, pressure. Um, you know you got to hit him square to get him down. Uh, so I'm I'm very I'm, I'm excited to see him honestly. Here's one thing I think he does better than Quinn Ewers. I'm just going to say this because I think he's taller. He sees the middle of the field dump down better than Quinn Ewers. So the the because Quinn is yeah. not the tallest guy, right? And they a lot of teams try to bull rush Texas because they can, because that's not necessarily what Hayden Connor and Jake Majors are best at, right? Yeah, well, hopefully we see some crossing routes this week. Yeah. We would have done wonders last week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I, I would say let's let's look for that a, a little bit. Uh, you know, you mentioned the other thing that, that potentially bothered me about this game. BYU is coming off of creating five turnovers against Texas Tech. So, some of those were gifts. I mean, I you know, I watched the game this morning. Um, you know, okay. I, watched the game. I initially started to watch the game to, to scout BYU. Then I kept watching because I was just enjoying watching how much bad luck Tech had. <laughs> did, are they Were they just stung? I, oh I did not watch all of the BYU. Oh, Tech my games. gosh. That that game, it, it was both both closer than it appeared and more of a blowout. It was uh, 24-7 at the half, 27-7 uh, seven going into the fourth quarter, I think. But, um, you know – Tech normally has their guns up, but they were taking dead, dead aim at their feet uh, that game. They, they were fumbling inside the five. Uh, they got a bad penalty after a great punt return that put it on their own 10. And then they fumbled again, which was a return for a touchdown. So automatically they're down 14-0 when it should have been 7-7. Um, tipped picks, another interceptions. Just it was a sloppy, sloppy game. Uh, everything that could have gone wrong for Tech went wrong. What, what did you think of the BYU offense and the BYU defense overall? Well, you know what I like about this game for Texas is they can win it uh, with their defense. You know, a lot of people are, you know, they've got PTSD after the last game, but, you know, they're, they're not dynamic running the ball. They struggle mightily. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're more one-sided than Texas is going in with a brand-new quarterback. I'll say that. Um, and I think their offense, their strengths actually play well into Texas uh, running their well-versed uh, match quarters. Um, they're, they're, they're dangerous on the seams with their tight end and one of their wide receivers, number two, Chase Roberts. Uh, they're big targets that they like to work in the middle of the field. Uh, but I think that sets up for the coverages that Texas is the most comfortable running. Interesting. What about their, what about their defense? What are their strengths of their defense in your opinion? You know, they're just, they're, they're sound. They're not great. They, they, they don't have athlete athletes. You know, there's no Kyle Van Noy over there. Um, you know, they, they do get some turnovers because I think they're well coached in the right place at the right time. Uh, and their experience, you know, experienced defense should turn the ball over for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, they, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they get Malik on a pass, um, you know, th they're going to jump her out. Probably they're, 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 they're sound. They're not good. They're not, they're not great. Um, they play. Okay. Kansas. I think, uh, you know, Kansas had their way with them. I watched that game as well. Uh, they're going to be susceptible to Texas's athleticism for sure. Uh, thinking about this, I'm speaking with Eric Nolene, publisher inside Texas.com. Eric uh, passed the victory for Texas. Uh, Longhorns favored by 17 and a half. In, yeah. in Vegas. I mean, they, but you know, Longhorns were favored by 23 and a half against U of H and had Quinn Ewers. Vegas, yeah, I think, so Vegas uh, sometimes isn't exactly a, a good barometer. Vegas uh, can be as stubborn as uh, PK with some of his coverage calls. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's testament to what I was talking about with uh, BYU kind of having a very uh, fortunate path to victory last week. You know, I think anybody that watched that game knows that that game, that it should have been so much closer. Um, you know, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. That was a tough one for Joey McGuire, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, path to victory is run the ball. I think uh, probably RPO game for uh, for Malik. And some of the times it's, you know, make it look like an RPO, but just to have it, have it be a run call. You know, take as much off of his plate as possible uh, from reading it. And then uh, don't be afraid to let him throw it over the top. You know, you're going to have an a- athletic advantage uh, with, with Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. Uh, Jatavian Sanders looked like he was uh, moving a little bit better than the last time we saw him. Cedric Baxter looked fantastic uh, on some of his runs. He is so quick through the hole. Um, so I think, you know, lean on the lean on the talent around him, give him easy throws, comfort throws, uh, and then try to run the ball uh, in the second half. Let me ask you this. Uh, you mentioned Cedric Baxter just talking about the run game. Jonathan Brooks came a yard shy of 100 oh, yards against good. U of H, 20 yeah. for 99. Kind of broke that string that he had going. But Cedric Baxter looked like – who Jerry Hamilton, who went out and saw him a couple of times, told us about for the yeah. first time. I mean, to your point, Eric, is like you and I both probably are like, eh, our eyes got a little wider, right? Okay, yeah. this is the one that's supposed to be. But not just him, Savion Red. Right. Um, and his input into the, the goal line, short yardage package, clearly, in my opinion, a, a bonus for Texas. How do they incorporate those guys more going forward? I mean, is this is this lining up more like what Sark likes to do? It's almost like Savion Red is a little bit lush, like his Josh Jacobs at, at Alabama. You know that that kind well, of stem winder young guy that just gives it everything he's got. Well, you, you know you have to get back to more carries. He looked he looked good versus Rice, I thought, but he looked entirely different on uh, on Saturday. It's, he's so light on his feet for being so big in his stop start. You know, his lateral cut and then go was just amazing. Uh, entirely elite NFL stuff. Uh, so that, you know, feed him and feed him and Brooks. And that, that should have probably always been the plan. I think that probably was the plan. It was just maybe with Baxter taking more of a lead role. Um, you'll still get Brooks to 1,000 yards this season. Um, but you can keep them both fresh. Savings a little bit more interesting because I had been advocating uh, for, for, for that look for a while. You know, the, the struggles on the goal line started much before OU, and, and that was something that I thought might uh, be on the order. Now I'm worried about the predictability of it. They're going to have to keep that look fresh. There's going to be a lot of motion and formational shifts. You're going to have to let them throw it a time or two, uh, shift them out, and shift somebody back in. I would leave the quarterback on the field. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that they're going to have to do to keep that look fresh. Otherwise, you just become too predictable. Like, you know, Tom Herman, we saw with uh, running, running Sam Ellinger so far. When it worked, it was unstoppable. Then everybody got uh, got hip to it and it never worked again. So you're going to have to you're going to have to keep that uh, redesigning that reimagining that week to week. Um, Malik Murphy's strengths. I want to bring those up. Uh, your thoughts on his absolute strengths as a quarterback and 
Uh, Sark had something to say on Monday that, that I wanted to get your comment on in conjunction with that. He said that he wants to play to these. He doesn't want to throw the entire playbook at these guys. Right. Yeah. Not, not just Malik, but also Arch. Um, and so he wants to find things that they do well. What are some of the things that Texas fans need to know that Malik does well, in your opinion? Yeah, that's why I've been using the term executable game plan. You know, don't don't build a game plan that can that you know will beat BYU if you can't execute it. You know, you got to work with the combines that you have. Uh, I think hand the ball off RPOs. Uh, you know that that pass to uh, Adonai Mitchell, which was you know a little bit behind him. I like that. That was his first read. He let him rip because he'd seen him make that that pass a million times in practice before. We've seen it in spring game. Uh, I, I like the confidence that he showed. And now, do I run that on third and three? No, I don't. Uh, you had two outlets underneath that that probably should have been the primary on that call. Uh, but I, but I like the aggression with him on on a on a guy that's single covered. You know, when he's going to have muddied windows, we're not going to want to see that nearly as much. So I, because I think uh, I think at times, at least in practice, Malik has uh, leaned on his arm strength a little a little too much. But what I like about him is, and we didn't see it on on Saturday because he was so he was so positively amped up. Is that he plays with a lot better touch on the ball, um, so you can you're going to see him get a lot lighter touch on in the screen game and the underneath stuff, assuming he settles down because he he can't he can change his speeds up, uh, which a lot of taller, strong arm quarterbacks struggle to do. We didn't see it Saturday, like I said, it was his first action. Uh, it reminded me of uh, John Elway in his first Super Super Bowl, was just overthrowing everything by ten yards. Um, he's got to settle down, but when he settles down, he's gonna he's gonna uh, he'll be able to make all the throws. You just want to make sure you can make the throws when it's the right read, an easy read, not thrown in, in a double coverage. Uh, RPOs, I think, are, are an easy call for him. He's got a good delivery for him. Uh, and then, you know, obviously you've got to mix in the pass and the run. So keep the RPOs coming because you can you can run off that as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting as we look at it uh, in uh, Saturday's game. Uh, Malik will be the starter. I want to talk a little bit more about the defensive game plan and what's been going on in the secondary. Uh, but before that, I want to say thank you one last time to our sponsor. That's Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping injured Texans for decades. He uh, cherishes his relationship with his clients. Give him a call at 512-280-0800 or visit thelowylawfirm.com for a free consultation if you've been injured on the job or in a car wreck. That's lowylawfirm.com. Uh, the Texas defense, uh, it – you mentioned that, that you felt it was like more one-off stuff that maybe affected them uh, against University of Houston. The crossing routes have been talked about a lot uh, because U, U of H made made hay for those on some key third-down conversions. Uh, but also, they've been there's this spate of injuries, right, mm -hmm. where they've really been backed up. Um, you, you, you know what 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 is the game plan there, and how does how does PK kind of deal with this i mean what what's the thought process well yeah i think that, that that's the beauty of this game i think they can run a much more uh simpler uh game plan than one that they're they're familiar with like i said more match quarters is that because slovis is not a running quarterback in your opinion yeah he's, just, he's gonna sit in the pocket and they like i said they've got those those vertical threats that are more down the seam than on the outside they're, they're not, they they lack athletes but they do have size down the seam uh their, their tight end is really good uh, Chase Roberts, the other, the, the taller wide receiver, I think he's 6'3 or 6'4. They've got another guy that's 6'3 or 6'4. Uh, but sometimes those are easier guys to cover uh, than the smaller, shiftier guys. You know, like who would you rather cover, Chase Roberts or Xavier Worthy? Uh, so yeah. I think they can go back to running what they know. There should be a lot less uh, coverage bust. It's just a more of a straightforward offense. And like I said, they, they they don't run the ball very well. So they should be able to devote numbers to the to the passing game as much as they need. 
they, they can play this game to me. I'm no expert. Uh, I watch a lot. I try to pay attention as much as I can. I learn what I can. Uh, but it looks like a pretty straightforward defensive game plan to me. All right. Uh, what does Texas do at edge? Uh, given that Sarkis said that Ethan Burke is week to week, we really think he's probably out this week. Jet Bush, who they used in that uh, situation or in that at that position situationally, he's out likely, it, it sounds yeah. like. I mean, they Sark didn't even talk about him, but when you go down with a non-contact injury, it's probably more than a week. Um, what are your thoughts on what they do at edge? You know, is it Jamon Tapp? Chris Ross is off the team. Yeah. Uh, what, what's what's going on? Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to see a lot of Justice Finkley. Um, you know, it's maybe not ideal, but I think he's you'll, you'll be able to get through it with that. These next two games are actually, you know, you're worried about a running quarterback versus uh, versus K-State coming up. And then you got a straight game, a straightforward game plan here. You know, I think if you're going to lose them, uh, Ethan Burke, it's not ideal, obviously, but they can get through it. Uh, as far as losing Bush, you've got Maurice Blackwell back at least. You've got Anthony Hill that you can put there. Uh, Maurice Blackwell already knows that position as well. Uh, Anthony Hill can play it, so I think I think they'll be okay there without Bush. Uh, but you lose some some dynamism there because you know Bush has done really good boxing in the plays, uh, and, and you know. I think Anthony Hill's starting to play more and more, and, and you want to. Get, I like him off the ball more and more every week. Uh, he's just more dynamic. Uh, he makes plays. Sometimes he doesn't know what he's doing, but uh, but even when he doesn't, he can he can athlete his way back into it. Uh, so so it is a bit of a loss, but I think there's ways to overcome it. I think you know, obviously Ethan Burke is uh, you know you want to get him back as soon as possible, but I, I think Jamon Tapp are going to keep him over there behind uh, Sorrell. They can always go bigger too if they need to, but I think you know, by bigger back. like putting Dre Bledsoe over there maybe. Yeah, they put Jure Blood. So they, I mean, they've played. Uh, you know, they they played Alfred Collins there. Alfred Collins has about seventy snaps at defensive end this year. Um, so there's there's ways to, to overcome it. This is the, this is going to be a week where, like, all right, you know, you shouldn't need Ethan Burke to win this game. Got it. Very interesting. All right, uh, speaking with Eric Nalin, publisher InsideTexas.com. Uh, Eric, any other thoughts before we get get going here uh, today? Anything you want to uh, discuss as it relates to Texas and football recruiting? Big big commitment coming up. Uh, with Ryan Wingo, potentially, we think he's going to Missouri, but Texas has definitely made it interesting. Uh, fingers crossed on that one. Anything else? Yeah, I mean, Justin went and saw Kobe Black uh, yesterday. That's, um, you know, that, I think he put he's in the final stages. You know, I've, I've thought since uh, January, not January, uh, since July or August, he was uh, in the final stages. So hopefully they get that one over the line. Um, but, you know, there's no no harm in a kid making sure where he wants to go. Uh, the, the, but just the longer that he waits, the the more schools kind of kind of hunt and peck around. Like, hey, you know, why is he waiting? You know, maybe we should throw our hat in the ring or, or up our aggression. Uh, so it'll be nice if they can get that over uh, over the line. But you know, for the most part, I'm watching more 2025 film, trying to get my idea of, of who they're going to target. But we'll see. Re the recruiting is it's year round. Uh, I think December is going to be more exciting than we realize right now if they keep winning. Uh, but right now, just keep stacking wins and uh, you know, surviving advance is, is my motto right now. I, I completely agree. Survive in advance. That's what's up, up for it uh, this week against BYU. The Cougars coming in five and two. Uh, Longhorns play the Cougars back to back. I didn't even notice that until Paul Wallington wrote it on one of his articles on Inside Texas. I uh, didn't even think about that. U of H Cougars and the BYU Cougars. Uh, guys, just so you know, Eric and I work uh, with InsideTexas.com. Inside Texas is your source for Longhorn football news and recruiting. That's where you can get the very latest updates from not only Eric, myself, but also Jerry Hamilton, Justin Wells, Paul Wadlington, Ian Boyd, Joe Cook, the beat reporter, uh, as well as others. Uh, give us a try, InsideTexas.com. Right now we have a special two months for just $1. It's two months for 
make sure you use a uh, promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. All right, Eric, thanks so much for the state of the program. Thanks also to our sponsor, Adam Lowy. Guys, uh, we'll see you again next week. Uh, we got a lot more to come here on Wednesday as well on, on Texas football. Hook them.